from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Good morning, security gang. Welcome. Monday, January 23rd, 2023. Another packed episode here for the Cyber Hub Podcast this morning. So we're going to get into the show. But before we do, please make sure to subscribe. Find us on your favorite podcast listening platform. Go to our YouTube channel, subscribe there, and catch all the latest. The new season of CISO Talks just one week away. We will drop the first episode next week on Monday. And then you can binge through about four or five more episodes within a few weeks um, as we continue to put that put out some great, great content there. The CISO Talk podcast is separate from the CyberHub podcast. You do have to look it up. It's a whole separate podcast. So go there. Or if you go to our YouTube channel, you'll be able to see the video premiere there as well and catch the video version of the show there. We'll also be in Israel uh, in the month of April, producing some great, great content. If you're interested in being a partner, you can go to our website, cyberhubpodcast.com. Go to the Israel Roadshow. Leave your information there and someone will be in touch to give you more information about that awesome opportunity while we're in Israel in April. So with that being said, good morning to Eddie, John on YouTube, Paul, good morning to you, good sir, drinking the Hacker Man Blend, love it. Tom, uh, good morning to you as well. David, good morning. Um, Good morning to Arnez, Mr. Uh, Belton, good morning on YouTube, and Mr. Davis, morning, y'all. All right, let's get into this morning's show, but before we do, grab your cup of coffee, whatever you're drinking, my double espresso in my U.S.-made espresso mug, by the way. U.S.-made. Coffee cup cheers, y'all. can still find some stuff that's made in this country. We'll kick off with the news that started, really kind of kicked off over Thursday night, where T-Mobile has once again reached the headlines, but for all the wrong reasons. Another data breach at T-Mobile exposing 37 million customers' information. This time, The incident happened in November, and it was a weak API that allowed uh, the attackers to get access to 37 million prepaid and postpaid customer accounts. This is a, I believe this is six in two years um, or six in the last five years. Um, And this is the second one in two years. So they're about averaging a little more than one a year at this point. Uh, T-Mobile was fined two and a half million for their 2015 data breach by then Massachusetts Attorney General. The 2021 data leak cost the carrier $500 million with $350 million in payouts to affected customers and another $150 million pledged towards upgrading security. Now they've got another incident. The threat actor who was behind the 2021 breach of 54 million T-Mobile customers uh, bragged in an interview with the Wall Street Journal that T-Mobile's awful security made his job easier. Um, now, API security has been a uh, on the rise here. A lot of uh, very, very smart people talking about API security. The disclosure of this incident, though, um, they're saying that the data was basic and widely available in marketing databases. While it might read like a, a, a GLib dismissal of the impact on its customers, the distinction could protect the company from state regulators, um, according to some experts. T-Mobile might have more trouble now with this stuff um and you know thoughts go out to that team there uh but but you know at this point you have to ask yourself um this this could be cultural just saying this could very much be cultural an organization who 
goes through an incident six times in five years. You've got to wonder what's the board of directors doing? What kind of support are the CISOs and they've had multiples in this time span do? Because it can't be that every single security practitioner that comes in there is just really bad at their job. I just don't believe it. I think it's a cultural issue at T-Mobile. Um, and, and, and I think this one is, you know, if I'm Congress, I'm, I'm calling these guys up and asking, like, what are you doing? So there's that MailChimp who's been affected by its fair share of data breaches as well. Um, now has a list of customers who are informing their customers that they were victims of the MailChimp breach. WooCommerce, FanDuel, Yoga Labs, and Selena Foundation have all started notifying customers of impact due to the MailChimp breach. Online gambling uh, form FanDuel, very, very popular, especially now with the playoffs right around the corner um, and the champ- championship games uh, being next week. And then the Super Bowl just a few short weeks away. The betting site is now warning customers that their name and email addresses were exposed in the January 2023 MailChimp security breach. They're urging their customers to remain vigilant against phishing emails. On January 13th, MailChimp confirmed the the breach uh, after attackers stolen employees' credentials using a social engineering attack. FanDuel's emailed customers on Thursday of last week, warning them that their names and emails have been acquired. Um, And so to be on the lookout for phishing and remain vigilant you could see a whole slew of, of of things happen here including threat actors using fanduel as a way to encourage people to invest money in fake websites um, and gamble there so another significant uh, uh downstream uh impact here by mailchimp t-mobile has impact on b2c customers on on, on your average consumers mailchimp has an impact on companies and then therefore their consumers and that's what we're seeing here the supply chain is going to get more and more complex the zendesk breach was compromised due to employee credential theft according to a recent report this has come to light that zendesk's SaaS company for crm was compromised in october of last year we reported on it here on the show that exposed client account data to threat actors according to an email sent on january 13th the email from zendesk with the details of the security incident was made public which provides virtual wallet services and felt the need to disclose it to our customers. Zendesk explained in the email to Coingy that the breach was the result of an SMS phishing campaign targeting Zendesk employees. Zendesk determined that the service data belonging to uh, coingy.zendesk.com account may have been exposed um, in the unstructured logging platform data. There's no evidence suggesting the threat actor accessed a Zendesk instance um, at any time, the disclosure is vague and references of unstructured data from a login platform, which could be just about anything, um, is there as well. So, so kind of poor that Coinji's <laughs> going out going like, hey, you got to give us better than this. Um, definitely frustrating there. But again, if you're not training your, if you're not training your people on SMS phishing, not just email phishing, don't be surprised when threat actors start hitting their cell phone numbers. Ride Games, also part of a breach delaying game patches after a security breach. Ride Games, the video game developer behind League of Legends and Valorant, said it will delay game patches after its dev environment was compromised last week. The LA-based game publisher disclosed the incident in a Twitter thread Friday night and promised to keep customers up to date with whatever an ongoing, uh, an ongoing investigation discovers. I love how they did this on like a Friday night on Twitter. We don't have all the answers right now, but we wanted to communicate early, let you know there's no indication that the player or personal data was obtained 
you shouldn't have any of that data if this is your dev environment. You know, your, your dev environment should have no real prod data. So this shouldn't be an issue. Unfortunately, this has temporarily affected their ability. This is continuing their statement. While our teams are working hard on a fix, we expect this to impact our upcoming patch cadence across multiple games. The development teams behind the League of Legends multiplayer online battle arena and team fight tactics auto battler games confirmed the incident on Friday. The tweets also acknowledge future delays to changes planned to implement in the game and towards the release date of the next major patch. This may impact the delivery for patch 13.2. So if you ever report that there's real customer information in your dev, we've got to have a serious conversation about how is it that you've got prod data in your dev environment? Um, and then what kind of impact this has. It's good that they're studying it. Riot Game has kept pretty quiet about this story so far. Um, again, they published this on Friday night, um, hoping that it would kind of die out somewhere in the wild. But I think it's only going to pick up steam over the next few days as people get back and, and start to see more of this. The in the wild exploitation of the manage engine vulnerability has commenced. CVE 2022-47966, the security defect that exists in the third-party dependency, um, allowing attackers to execute arbitrary code without authentication, which was deemed a critical severity, is now has real in-the-wild exploitation happening. The warning coming from Rapid7, who's seeing this exploitation, the NIST advisor explains that the bug exists because of the XML sec XLT features by design in that version, making the application responsible for certain security protections and the managed engine applications did not provide those protections. So if you are using this product, you definitely want to make sure you get it patched in the wild exploitation and scans are taking place right now and threat actors are just waiting. In some good news, several reports are showing that ransomware profits for 2022 were up to 40% lower than previous years as companies refuse to pay. The I don't know if this is a sign that things are turning against ransomware. I think insurance companies are less likely to pay ransom. More, more and more companies have invested in backups and they're ready to go that way. I think the idea of ransomware um, and, and, and kind of what we're used to it isn't there anymore. People are, are stricter and threat actors. This may be one of the, the very few times that industry has has fought against these criminals and fought against them in a way where uh, we've impacted their bottom line. The chain analysis research said that it showed that attackers extorted some $457 million from victims in 2022. That's down from $765.6 million that they had extracted from victims the year before. The actual number is likely to be much higher as there's underreporting by victims and complete visibility and so much, so much more. Uh, but, but you can assume that these numbers are, are estimated here based on what, what they've seen. Um, another factor is that paying a ransom has become legally riskier as government have imposed sanctions on ransomware entities operating out of other countries. And so those have shown a decline, but nonetheless, people are still paying it. They're just not paying it with the same frequency. And that's really important to note here. Um, they're paying it. They're just not paying it in the same frequency. So keep that in mind. Um, so there's that there. And it's always DNS. We've talked about roaming mantis on the show for the last several years. Now, South Korea is getting hit by a new patented mobile malware known as Warba. It's infiltrating Wi-Fi routers, and it's trying to undertake the DNS hijacking. Kaspersky, which carry, carried out the analysis of the malicious artifacts, said the feature is designed to target 
specific Wi-Fi routers located in South Korea. Um, it's a running a financially motivated operations that singles out Android smartphone users with malware capable of stealing bank account credentials, as well as harvesting other kinds of sensitive information. Although primarily targeting the Asian region, um, it did see its first uh, steps, its first uh, kind of in, in, in enhanced steps in the France and Germany and Europe in early 2022, camouflaging itself as a malware on the Google Chrome web browser application detects leverage smishing messages as well as the initial intrusion vector of choice to deliver a booby-trapped url that either offers a malicious apk or redirects the victims to phishing pages based on the operating system installed on the mobile device alternatively some compromises have leveraged wi-fi routers as a means to take unsuspecting users to fake landing pages by using a technique called dns hijacking in which dns queries are manipulated in order to redirect to bogus websites where they steal a whole ton of information this is now in south korea very soon it'll be everywhere. The success of this will bring it to the U.S. and 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 we'll we'll, we'll put it out there in, in, in much much faster rates than we can anticipate. Finally, suspected Chinese attackers are exploiting vulnerabilities in Fortinet devices. The Fortinet uh, vulnerability in Forty OS, which is a zero day according to CISA CVE twenty twenty two four two four seven five. Um, is now being used by Chinese uh, attackers to target European government entities and African managed service providers with a custom malware. The exploitation occurred as early as October of 2022 before the bug was fixed. In January, Fortinet warned its customers that attackers were using this vulnerability to target government networks. Mandian identified a sophisticated new malware, which the researchers dubbed Bold Move, that exploited this vulnerability. Bold Move's Linux variant was specially crafted, designed to run on Fortinet's 40 gate firewalls. The researchers believe that this is the latest in a series of Chinese cyber espionage operations that have targeted that have targeted internet-facing devices. This the Mandiant says they they anticipate this tactic this tactic will continue to be the intrusion vector of choice for well-resourced Chinese groups. Uh, and so it's written in C programming language and has both Windows and Linux variants. It runs on Fortinet devices, and so um, you can obviously see that China picking up on these things and running over some great comments here in the notes so y'all should definitely check those out that's it for our show this morning and we ran a little bit over but a lot to talk about this monday we'll be back tomorrow 9 a.m eastern on youtube um my personal linkedin and our twitter page 9 30 on our linkedin business page facebook and twitch and then you can find us on your favorite podcast listening platform and our youtube channel anytime you'd like thanks for tuning in this morning have a great rest of your have a very very successful week and most importantly Stay cyber safe. We love feedback, so make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.